When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL draft is in the books. The Browns added some good pieces, but what does it mean to your fantasy football team? That and a whole lot more coming up right now on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Hello, everybody. Andy McNamara with you. Yes, the NFL draft. All seven glorious rounds of it are done. It's in the books. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and now we've been digesting it. We've been con okay, what have the Browns done? What have the rest of the division done? And beyond that, beyond real football, what does it mean for fantasy football? Right? Because now we got the rookies in. How does that fit? We still have another wave of free agency to come this week, but what does that all mean? So we're going to break down the Browns, the division, and the fantasy football impact right now. And I bring on my buddy from DynastyNerds.com, the one and only Rich Dotson. Rich! How you doing, sir? Good, Andy. Good to be back talking some football with you. Boy, man, it was great. And I had a great time joining Dan and the crowd on uh, the Dynasty Nerds draft night coverage for day two. And I got to say, I was surprised. I think the more I thought about pleasantly surprised with what the Browns did with their third round pick, 74th overall, they stood pat. Um, Cedric Tillman, look, if this guy didn't have his uh, high ankle sprain injury, this I think he would have gone a lot higher. This is a big body, almost six foot four, two thirteen. The biggest bodied receiver on the Browns team. What did you think of that pick? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was a big Cedric Tillman fan. He was like my rookie. He was my rookie wide receiver, right around like five six, right around that range, coming out. And you mentioned it's, it's, it gives him something exactly what the Browns don't have, and that's a big bodied receiver. Um, and Tillman can. I mean, he can, he's not the fastest guy, but he can stretch the field a little bit. Did really well at Tennessee. You mentioned the ankle injury kind of slowed him down a little bit there, but. This is a player that played in the SEC for Tennessee, and he did really well. I mean, when he when he faced the big-time competition like Georgia, Alabama, he came out on top and had some of his best games there. Um, it kind of propelled Jalen Hyatt to his Blitnikoff yeah. year after he got hurt. You know, So it could have been a guy like Cedric Tillman that comes in there. I love his size. I love his hands. I love his catch radius. And, you know, for me, this is, this is a path for him to be fantasy football relevant and for the Cleveland Browns where – Maybe this is an out for them to get out from Omari Cooper. You know, I think that really falls into Elijah Moore's hands more so than Cedric Tillman's hands or Omari's hands. I think if Elijah Moore could step up and be that very good route runner, which he is with really good hands, maybe that gives the Browns a window to get out from Omari's contract at $21, $20 million a year and extend him at his age, extend Elijah Moore, and then have the combo of Cedric Tillman and Elijah Moore. And I also think it kind of – Clear, kind of gives us a clear image of, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones right. days with the Cleveland Browns are probably over with after this year. Interesting. And, and you know what? At the very least for Tillman, it gives the Browns a an option to ease him in. There's not going to be the 
impact needed from him to be the top receiver. He's not going to be that, doesn't need to be that. But he's got that, that skill set. And you mentioned it. The part I love, and we missed that when drafting Anthony Schwartz in the third round a couple of years ago, it's hands. Receivers got to catch the ball. And Cedric Tillman can catch the ball. He can jump, catch, 50-50 balls, all that good stuff. So I like where the possibilities are for him to go in a few different directions, right? Maybe he could be an heir apparent to Amari Cooper if Donovan Peoples-Jones balls out. If DPJ is used or has a similar year to last year, he was good but not great, then yeah, they can move on from him. It just gives them that flexibility. And especially you being in the dynasty fantasy football world, Cedric Tillman, I think, like Rich, we look a couple years down the road, this guy has all the upside in the world, especially if Deshaun Watson gets back to being the Deshaun Watson from 2020. This could be a big-time player. Yeah, I mean, there was really not a lot I didn't like about his tape. You know, I mean, his, his route tree was somewhat limited, but you can say that a lot about a, these college football wide receivers. Yeah. Um, he, I think, you know, he didn't stack his defensive backs very well, but again, that's something to be coached up on. But besides that, I mean, this is somebody, I mean, his bursts in second gear are okay, but he consistently got separation, like I said, in the SEC. And everything you mentioned, the catch radius, the hands, he does everything so well. He's such a reliable receiver. And with David Njoku being other only other big weapon on that offense outside of like Jordan Akins in the tight end room, I mean, Harrison Bryant doesn't really count because he doesn't do much with the ball in his hands. This is a good fit for the Browns. And, you know, for a team that needed a bigger receiver, um, you know, I know they're looking for somebody to potentially stretch the field, but that's what Elijah Moore gives yeah. you. Uh, this is a real good fit. And like you said, not for the 2023 season, but beyond, this is where it could become a home run pick where we're looking, you know, in, in the 2025 year, like, man, I can't believe we got Cedric Tillman in the third round is yeah. our first pick. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went. And Marquis Goodwin has kind of that, that backup, that fail safe in case something happens to Elijah Moore. You got that again, a little bit of veteran presence. You're able to stack it. Let's pull up the Browns picks right here. Of course, where you know, they didn't have a first or second round pick with the Deshaun Watson trade and all that good stuff. Uh, here we go. Look at that. that. That's a good looking draft class there, Rich. So the offensive ones that really, um, the only, really the only fantasy football relevant one for the Browns is Cedric Tillman, Dorian Thompson, Robinson. Um, look, if, again, if everything goes well, uh, this isn't going to be someone Browns fancy. I don't know if you caught the, his press conference though, but this dude doesn't lack for confidence here, Rich. He's like, I'm going to help. Deshaun Watson, he's going to learn stuff from me. And he's talking about himself being the heir apparent. I'm like, I kind of like it. I, I, <laughs> but, but, but fantasy wise, are you, is this like, you know, you're going to have to draft and stash if you take Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. I mean, he's really not, he's not on my radar in any fantasy or even really dynasty leagues. Maybe back at the end uh, radar. Cause you know, it's going to be Josh Jobs, but yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson is somebody that you throughout the process, the quarterback process is a name. His, he is a name that came up amongst the QBs as an upside sit back a couple of years quarterback, but you know, Deshaun Watson, unfortunately falls in the category is he's a potential superstar quarterback. So right. If, if, if Watson plays remotely close to how he did two years ago, there is no room for Dorian Thompson Robinson to evolve into the starter. You know, he's going to take Helen Mort place uh, on the roster. Josh Jobs will be the backup. Dorian Thompson Robinson will probably be inactive most weeks this year. But then, like you said, you hope he turns into uh, the consistent backup down the road. And, I mean, in today's NFL, you just never know, right? Like, you never know. No. You know, quarterbacks are so hard to predict. But Dorian Thompson, you know, they, they obviously have a prototyping quarterback that the Browns are looking for now, and he fits that mold. He does. Mobile, uh, you know, experienced in college, played all five years, set a whole bunch of UCLA records and all that good stuff. So, Rich, when we're looking big picture, we went over the Browns wide receivers here. 
when they stand out to me, and I'm talking fantasy football, I don't see a WR1. I don't see a WR12, you know, top 12 receiver. I see Amari Cooper still probably in that rock solid WR2 range. You kind of set him, you forget him. But even with Tillman being added more, DPJ and Joker, like it almost seems, and real life football wise, give me those problems. Fantasy football wise, almost seems like there might be too many mouths to feed to make any of these players on offense, not named Nick Chubb, uh, fantasy relevant on their own as a true starter. What do you think? Yeah, I have to respectfully disagree. Um, I think Amari Cooper is an underrated, fantastic fantasy football asset. He always has. Mm-hmm. He finished as a wide receiver. You said not top 12. He, I think he finished as wide receiver 10 overall last year in PPR. I know he finished right ahead of Jamar Chase um, in fantasy mm-hmm. football production. You know, at, with a full year in the offseason, working with Deshaun Watson and all the rumors that we hear, Andy, about this team opening up this offense for yeah. Deshaun Watson. I mean, I I think that, you know, the room for growth is, does David Njoku step up? Uh, does Jordan Aikens take any shares from him? I think the biggest question is, where does Elijah Moore fit into this offense and what kind of target he shares? Right. I think Amari Cooper's insulated. I think, you know, they're paying him high-end wide receiver one money. He produces year in, year out. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He has very secure hands. And that's what you want from fantasy football quarterbacks or uh, wide receivers. And he produces uh, year in and year out. And I do consider Amari Cooper a borderline wide receiver one. I know he did it last year. And if we can consistently get back in that mold and do what he did last year with Deshaun Watson stepping up and this offense scoring a little bit more. I mean, we saw at the end of the year, I think it was the last game, like Amari Cooper went off um, is week 17 or week 18 with Watson has got a little bit better. So I think Amari Cooper has the potential to finish in the top eight overall uh, wide receivers amongst fancy football receivers. He's consistently healthy, which is huge for these receivers. Mm-hmm. Something like a player like Jamar Chase is not. Um, so that is good for him. And with his consistency and his history of producing, I love Amari Cooper. I'm real excited for Elijah Moore, Andy. I mean, he was one of my yeah. favorite rookies coming out when he went to the Jets. When he saw when he got traded to the Browns, I was a Dominican Republic. I was already a couple uh, mojitos in. I was going nuts um, <laughs> to these strangers talking about Elijah Moore because he's so electric, he's so fast, his hands are unbelievable. There's no ball too outside of his radius. So I look for him. I mean, is there a path that we know in today's NFL that you could hold two quality fantasy football receivers on your roster? I know there's only 36 of them in 32 teams. But every year there's a team that has two high-end wide receivers. And, you know, this year it's it's easy to say T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, right. Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill. But with Elijah Moore's skill set, he has the potential to enter that wide receiver two mold uh, or that, that, that talk. So if the Browns offense, you know, if Nick Chubb can keep him honest and right. the offensive line can keep Deshaun Watson upright and they do open this offense – and they're going to throw more, somebody has to catch those footballs. Somebody has to. And whether that be in Joku's that steps up or to Elijah Moore, I wouldn't really expect Marquise Goodwin to be anything really uh, on a consistent basis. No. So and we have to remember, the Browns gave up a high second-round pick for Elijah Moore. So yeah. that, that's that's like when you're making a trade for a player, that's that's really good draft capital uh, that you're giving up for a player. That, that means you like that player a lot. And you have long-term and short-term goals for that player. So they're going to give Elijah Moore every opportunity possible to succeed. And like I said beforehand about Cedric Tillman, it's probably the scenario is like, hey, can we get Elijah Moore to take over Amari Cooper's role? Because by the time his contract's up, 
Amari Cooper is going to be 30 years old. So right. it, it seems like a natural fit that you would say and everything changes so quickly, but Cedric Tillman, Elijah Moore seems like the long-term answer for Deshaun Watson. And we know high quality quarterbacks can elevate the players around them, especially the receivers. So if Watson can do that with the team he has, I'm very excited about not only the Brown season, but the fantasy football potential as well. Well, you got me pumped here, Rich. All right. I'm bought in. I'm bought in. Let's go. Okay, people, you're watching. Click subscribe. Click the notification bell. Make sure you follow on Twitter at SickPodBrowns at AndyMC81 on Instagram at AndyMCSports. Let me know in the comment section. Do you agree with Rich? Is Amari Cooper WR1 top eight? What about Elijah Moore? Where do you want him? Let me know in the comment section or hit us up on social media. Rich, I got to say this too. For Elijah Moore, I love that signing because essentially he is your second round pick. You gave up that high second round pick, but also brilliant contract dancing and and just roster maneuverability there by Andrew Barry because one you got Elijah Moore on that rookie contract paying Deshaun Watson that much you need that flexibility two he was pretty pissed off in New York this guy's got a chip on his shoulder he's got something to prove he's still ascending he still needs to work towards that big second contract so you got this guy going gung-ho and I'm not sure where I'll draft Elijah Moore on my fantasy football team switch but I know I want him at least initially as a possibility, maybe as a flex to pop in in PPR year one, but I at least want him on that roster to kind of gauge how that target share goes. Cause you're right. I think outside of Amari Cooper being um, that go-to for now, that's safety net that, you know, it's third and five, you're throwing it to Amari Cooper. The rest of the ball distribution is still a little up in the air, but I definitely want some Elijah Moore. Oh, I can't wait to get him back. I mean, those are the perfect kind of stashes, right? Like, you know what you have pretty quickly on your fancy team. Like, yeah. Hey, he's involved in this offense. He's seen the targets right away. It's warm out in Cleveland. Like, we know what's going on here. He's a stash. Like, there's wide receiver three potential there. So, yeah, he's he's one of those. It's a little sneakier. Like, it's a little hard to be sneaky when, like, you live in Cleveland. So, those kind of players go a little bit earlier. But outside yeah. of that, you know, if you're living in Canada or something, like, there's you'll probably be able to get all the lives and more shares because nobody's grabbing them. No one's grabbing them. That's right. Exactly. In conversation with, with uh, Rich Dotson from DynastyNerds.com. All right, Rich, let's talk about the rest of the AFC North and the fantasy football impact of that. So the Ravens trying their best to make wide receivers and they're back friendly with Lamar Jackson. They got Todd Munkin in trying to modernize and, and elevate to Lamar Jackson, but they drafted Zay Flowers. 5'9 listed, I've heard you know generously at that. Um, essentially a slot guy. I'm getting, the and not that they're the same player, but the vibe I'm getting is you take a, and he's fast, don't get me wrong. I think he's got talent and if you're that size, you can be you can be effective. Don't get me wrong. But I'm sort of getting the Jalen Rieger vibes from Philadelphia a few years ago where it was like, okay, you could have probably got a similar type player at that size in the slot later and gotten a better value there. Zay Flowers, fantasy-wise, is that new kind of shiny toy for Lamar Jackson, who still, quite frankly, has to improve as a pass thrower in the NFL. Yeah, for fancy for um, you know, for somebody who liked Zay Flowers tape, like a very exciting player. You mentioned he's five foot nine. The odds of a five foot nine wide receiver producing at a fancy football level level is really low. Um, the odds of them going over a thousand yards is really low. And then you throw them in one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL, it's yeah. really low. Uh, doesn't get me excited. And then on top of that, they have former first round pick two years ago, Rashad Bateman on the roster. They just paid Odell Beckham Jr. $15 million a year. So he's yeah. their number one locked in. And again, it's only one year. That's fine. And the number one target option on that team is Mark Andrews. So you, know, you have to expect that with this new contract, they are going to want to uh, protect 
Lamar Jackson. This is a player who's not been there for him for the last two years at the end of the season with this kind of money. They're probably going to, you know, I know Todd Munkin likes to air it out a little bit more. They got to change this offense and not have him run as much. And I know he doesn't get hurt running uh, either. I know that's not his major injuries, mm-hmm. but you got to protect your quarterback. So for Zay Flowers in Dynasty, I mean, he slipped in fantasy football. He, like, he has no value in my eyes this year. Like, no value. Me too. Um, but in the future, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because can Lamar Jackson grow? Can he support a, a high-end wide receiver? I mean, he did have Marquise Brown there, who was a smaller receiver, and he produced, like, really good numbers uh, with Lamar Jackson. So there is a path there for him. But that offense and that quarterback is such a mystery. There's no short-term like excitement there. If you want to be excited yeah. about somebody, you're excited about J.K. Dobbins. I, I said in my podcast mm. this week, he's my bold prediction if they have a top six finish at the running back position this year. Uh, kind of going back to where I think they should protect Lamar Jackson by not having him run as much and kind of keep it honest. And with those receiving courts, should open things up for him a lot better. A running back that average over six yards per carry when he does get the football. J.K. Dobbins, to me, is an outside of Lamar Jackson, is the number one fantasy asset on that team this year. And somebody who I will have a ton of shares this year on my roster, my fantasy rosters. You know, a, lot, a lot of these go as your running back, too, which is fair. Uh, over the other running backs are going to go ahead of him. But I, my, I'm very optimistic he's going to finish as a mid-range uh, running back one. So I think he's going to be one of the best value in your fantasy draft this year. Well, you said it when he's on the field, and that hasn't necessarily been as much as you'd like. He has been. Those those numbers don't lie. And it, it all depends under Todd Munkin, too. New offensive mindset to a degree. How many carries does he get compared to Lamar Jackson, design runs, et cetera? Let's move on to the Steelers. We'll keep it tight here for you, Rich. Okay. We got baby hands, Kenny Pickett. We got Najee Harris. You got George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson, Pat Freermuth, and uh, Darnell Washington as the, the, the new big tight end coming in. Um, just... Sort of, I like Pickens. Robinson, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm kind of done with Allen Robinson. Show me first. I'm done. Um, anybody excite you really on this Steelers team? I think the best bang for your buck on that team, you know, you know obviously running backs go high. Najee Harris is young back. Uh, it's probably Deontay Johnson. Somebody that comes in, runs really good routes, has good hands. Everybody's real excited about George Pickens. I like George Pickens too, but if you're looking for consistency, uh, it's going to be Deontay Johnson. The only thing Deontay Johnson was missing last year is he didn't have a touchdown. That was it. He's, he falls in that ca- crazy stat line of like, wow, he produced pretty good. Like Robert Woods a touchdown a couple of years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. So if you if you throw a couple touchdowns, three four touchdowns, you're talking an extra 30, 40 points. I mean, you're talking about jumping up into that you know mid range wide receiver two numbers. I mean, this is a player who's produced year in has a top thirty six finish all the years that he's in the league over the last three years. So he's been producing. So I think Deontay Johnson for me, like when you when I say excited. um, like, I'm not excited for him to carry me to a championship, but he's somebody that I could probably draft as my wide receiver. I could probably draft as a wide receiver three and give me wide receiver two production. I like and that. And that's value. And then, you know, and that's what you're looking for. Outside of that, you know, those first couple rounds in fantasy, I mean, those those, those rounds are easy. Like, everybody knows to get Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Everybody knows to get, you know, DJ Moore even, you know, Jamar Chase, those kind of names. It's when you start to hit, like, round five on – you're looking for value and, uh, you know, good upside. And that's where Deontay Johnson falls. What does it do for Pat Freemuth with them signing the 6'7 Darnell Washington? We know it's not that Darnell Washington necessarily is going to come, and I don't think he will. It's tougher for Titans to produce right away. Um, you know, a super, a superstar real life or fantasy-wise. 
but it's another mouth to feed coming in. Does this with, I, I almost think it doesn't matter, Rich, because the tight end group is so damn thin. Like you can be a tight end seven and get like eight fantasy points a week. And that's good. It's so thin. Can we be yeah. too picky? Are, are we still taking Pat Freerman? Yeah, I think Pat Fryermuth is the best bet there as a pass catcher. You know, Darnell Washington, I was kind of surprised he slipped. Apparently his medicals mm-hmm. came back a little bit. Uh, I think Darnell Washington, because he's exciting, but he has such limited tape there in Georgia, right. out, you know, because he blocked a lot. I think he's going to kind of find himself in kind of like a former first-round pick in the NFL draft, O.J. Howard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. A big uh, tight end who was very solid in the patch- passing game, but they asked him to block more. And with Pittsburgh's offensive line – Getting a guy like Darnell Washington, even though he is athletic enough to go out there and make plays, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have enough of those guys on their roster that Darnell Washington will be asked to do more blocking than he is receiving. So his fantasy football relevance probably isn't going to start to shine for another three years or so. Yeah. And who knows what's going on with his medical condition. So I don't think he I don't think he hinders Pat Fryermuth whatsoever. But you mentioned, I think Pat Fryermuth unfortunately falls into that mid-range tight end anywhere from tight end eight to tight end 12 yeah which is literally no different than being tight end like 15 16 no. you know what i mean no, like it's, it's they're so all bad. the same guys it's so, man. It's, it's why i preach grabbing those tight ends so like get, if you can get a quality one you have to get one because they're difference makers on your roster so yeah i think fire move is okay for this year yeah otherwise you're chasing your tail the whole year that's it uh last one for you here cincinnati Bengals. we know joe burrow's a stud we know jamar chase is a stud we know t higgins falls in under him Tyler Boyd as that nice sort of bench guy. And, you know, if one of them gets injured, we've seen him pop up. My question to you comes about Joe Mixon, okay? Really pretty rotten human being from the stuff pre-draft and stuff he's doing uh, outside. But, hey, there's lots of bad dudes in the NFL, so I don't care about that that much. But as far as fantasy-wise, okay, you remove P. Ryan from the conversation. Now you have behind him Chase Brown, Chris Evans, Travion Williams. Mixon with a high-passing offense, and he just seems to be, I don't know, like, he'll pop, but but not enough. Where are we putting Joe Mixon this year? Now, I know he had that huge, massive game last year. Yeah. He had, like, 56 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're talking about a big winner of the NFL draft from a fantasy football perspective. It's Joe Mixon. You know, they easy. all these rumors are coming out, like, oh, they're going to cut Joe Mixon. He makes too much money. I was like, I just don't see it. You know, yeah. I just – Joe Burrow still has working contract. He's only 26 years old. He was running back 10 overall in PPR leagues last year. He's in a high-profile offense, like we mentioned – like you mentioned, all those other guys around him. So, again, great value. You know, not a great person, but great value in fantasy football. So, for me, he came away a big winner. They didn't do anything. They didn't draft any kind of competition for him. No replacement value there. So, Joe Mixon's locked in again as a running back one there for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the fact that Samaj P. Ryan left is absolutely massive for him because that means, I, you know, his passing game uh, production should uptick some there yeah. as well which is absolutely huge in fantasy football. So we're kind of how I talked about Amari Cooper, where he finished his wide receiver 10 last year, and I say he could potentially fit, fit higher, finish higher. Joe Mixon falls into the exact same category. He He's a really safe running back one with the potential to finish as high as like running back four, running back five. And in that offense, and if he, if he could step up in passing game, the sky's the limit. So again, he falls into that category of value, right? Like, where are people going to take Joe Mixon at? That's value. Him, right. Miles Sanders, guys like that are just, are locked in as the guys, which is really hard to find in today's NFL. Like three down running backs. You're going to be out there. You're going to yep. get all the touches. You're going to get all the carries. Joe Mixon is now in that category with no Samaj P. Ryan. 
And that is absolutely invaluable for a guy for a guy like Joe Mixon and your fancy team. So I love them. Yeah, and it's ever more it's ever more rare. And you're right with as a, a pass catcher, if you can up that. And he's a, he's an underrated receiver. So that'll be very interesting to see the other ones completely locked in. Boy, Rich, you know what? We'll uh, we'll be able to dissect and break down as we see, you know, the next wave of free agents come in as training camps or as injuries happen. So we'll check back in with you over the summer. But tell people the draft is over. This really, if you're not a Dynasty Nerd subscriber, user, this is when you got to get in, right? Yeah, if you play Dynasty Fantasy Football or interested, I mean, we have all the tools at DynastyNerds.com to help you not only play the game well, but actually, you know, give you a leg up against your competition. And, you know, if you're in, if you're interested in our rookie takes and how we, you know, break down these rookies, our Dynasty Nerds podcast drops every Wednesday. You can look at our past episodes. We break down these rookies. Uh, we feel really good about our history. Uh, we've been in the podcast for nine and a half years, and our hit rate, I feel, is better than NFL GMs on these rookie breakdowns. So we... We are right mate, way more than wrong. So if you're interested to hear about these rookies and what we look at them from a fantasy football aspect, we have you covered for the last couple of months. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to talk fantasy or get in the dynasty, I'm on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. That's right. And DynastyNerds.com. Rich, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, Andy. Talk to you soon, my man. All right. There he goes. Rich Dotson, DynastyNerds.com. Love getting that breakdown. How about that, Mari? I got kind of excited, but Mari Cooper, Elijah Moore, I viewed... I think it really is going to depend on um, Elijah Moore, like Rich sort of touched upon. How is he used? What does it mean for Donovan Peoples-Jones? Like, I think his fantasy value has to be considered dropped. Um, Anthony Schwartz is going to get cut, folks. Like, if he doesn't get cut, I, I, I don't know what's what's going on. He's got to be gone. The rest, you have a lot of receivers. You still have David Bell floating around too, right? You got a whole bunch of the other guys that are going to be um, either cut practice squad whatever so if people stay healthy man this is big time weaponry for the browns i think the fantasy wise the big winner could be deshaun watson right like again you have to take a leap of faith you have to think and feel like he's going to get back to where he was and deshaun watson himself said just before the draft maybe the first night of the draft it was he said this is an offense that the browns have not seen before that kevin stefanski hasn't run before this is going to look totally different. He he said, look, Nick Chubb is going to get his. He's going to get his carries. Because as we know, if you have that receiving game, that opens up the running game a lot and vice versa. So now we're going to see, like, what kind of combinations can we see on the field? Mari Cooper, DPJ out wide. Elijah Moore in the slot. And Joku on the other side. Let's pop another receiver out there. Right? Maybe it's Tillman. You pop Tillman out there. You have Chubb in the backfield. Who are you covering? You can't double anybody. Who are you covering? This is exciting, plus the leg power of Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson has all the makings, all the makings, not just of a QB1, but of like a top five, six quarterback in fantasy football. Absolutely. And by the way, all the, oh, I can't stand it with the national media, with all the national hype behind Odell Beckham Jr. Folks, okay, this guy has not been relevant fantasy or real life wise, consistently since 2016. 2016. Okay. Not in this decade. What more do I have to say? I just hope him and Lamar are very slow to connect. And ooh boy, get his dad better get that mouse finger already. Get cut up those those smear tapes against Lamar like you did for Baker. Odell. Okay, I'm not gonna go on another Odell tangent. I get all worked up about it. All right. But good looking. 
set from the Browns uh, team. Nick Chubb's going to be an RB1, no doubt. Now, let's pull up that uh, graphic of the Browns draft picks because really Cedric Tillman was the only one that was fantasy relevant per se. The rest, I'm liking. Okay, now I tweeted out at AndyMC81 at Browns some players I wanted the Browns to get. One was Dewan Jones from the the Ohio State. They also got Luke Weipler. First time, folks, since 1965. 65 that the Browns have taken two Ohio State players in the draft. I love it. Weipler, Nick Harris better be watching over his shoulder, man. He might be gonzo. Weipler could replace him as that sort of swing developmental uh, center. But Dewan Jones... Dude, six eight. The Brown scout was it? Glenn uh, Glenn Clark, assistant GM, said that Dewan Jones is the biggest human he's ever seen in his life. The guy's nimble with quick feet. You saw the basketball highlights and all that. And you put him. Here's the difference. Other teams like okay, well he's raw. You have Bill Callahan for my money, the best offensive line coach in the game today. Okay, bar none. So you're able to put Dewan Jones. So you don't have to rush in. As a right tackle heir apparent, by the way, Browns picked up Jedrick Wills' fifth year. No surprise there. Uh, first round pick, former 10th overall. Pick that up. And it makes sense because, well, now you don't have to go and find a new left tackle, right? Jed Wills isn't going to be making any Pro Bowls, but he's he's fine for now. So we'll see. He has a, this year and next year as an opportunity for the Browns to reassess. But now you can have Dewan Jones as the heir apparent uh, to Jack Conklin on that right wing. A big, big body. But you get to Siaki Aika. And what have we been talking about the Browns needing? Last year, too small. Being run over. Go and run through all that. Well, you got Aika, who's 340 pounds of Samoan mass. That's a man. And you add him to Dalvin Tomlinson, almost 700 combined pounds between them. So now we look at this at this uh, defensive line. For Ica, who could start as a backup, probably rotation. But if all goes well with Schwartz, you pop him in. Now you got Dalvin Tomlinson and Ica. You can put both on the field at the same time. Jordan Elliott, if he elevates, that's great. Um, Ica, I like a lot. Not necessarily as a pass rusher. He did have a few sacks. But you're not going to be running through 700 pounds of meat in the middle of that line. Sorry. Not the same way that you were. That's for sure. And if you can get that pushback, I like the tape on Ica as well. Then you mix in Isaiah McGuire. Now... Would I have rather the Browns take a Zach Harrison, somebody? Yes. However, I the more I think of it, the Isaiah Maguire, I think he can be more explosive than Harrison. Maybe not the same, um, you know, star recruiter, whatever you want to say, coming out. But you look at Maguire, he can get after the quarterback. He's got some nice maneuvers. He's got to work on the hands a little bit, but he's got that dip. You see the quick feet. A lot to work with as a rotation piece to put in. I think he's better than Alex Wright already. Um, but you still need, the big thing for the Browns is you still need a veteran defensive end. We talked about it on previous shows. Get me Frank Clark, get me Robert Quinn. One of the two. Just Barry, go get him, please. Okay, you put those guys in one two-year deal. Now we're set. Then you got Oboe, you got Garrett, you got your other veteran free agent. You got McGuire and those other guys. Now we have a nice little flow. Now you can... Maybe on third downs, you put McGuire and you see what he can do, right? And you develop him up. So I like that McGuire pick a lot. I think as long as you don't need to rely on him too much, this could be an impact player year one in certain situations as the year goes on. So I like that Isaiah McGuire pick. The Dorian Thompson Robinson, I would have rather them taken a safety. I knew they were going to take a quarterback developmental. So they like him. That's fine. I would have liked them to see take it like a Jamie Robinson. 
um, Antonio Johnson, another safety. Cause that's another spot folks. You still need another vet safety. You're really like, we want to be relying on Bubba Bolden behind Grant Delpit. Not really. I like the Anthony bell, but you got Juan Thornhill. You need another vet. So you need another vet you, uh, to go along with that. Um, the cornerback, the Cameron Mitchell, again, if he's higher than any other safety they had on the board, board fine. Teammate of Greg Newsom, that's fun. You know, he played a little bit of slot outside. You can never have enough corners. We know Denzel Ward always gets dinged a little bit too. So that's fine. And Whiteblood is a developmental offensive line. Cool. That's that's okay. What's the grade that you want to give on this Browns draft? You can go by position. You can go overall. I want to know the grade. Leave in the comment section here. What grade do you give the Browns draft? Put it on social media at AndyMC81 at Browns Instagram, at AndyMC Sports. Make sure, too, folks, we got our merch store. There's a lot of fun shirts down there in the description of the show. You just click on it. You get your unique Browns gear. You get uh, some fantasy football gear as well. Lots of fun stuff in there. So make sure that you're getting that, as well as for our Ohio betting friends, Betfred Sportsbook. Okay, why don't you go on and check what the updated odds are post-draft to win the division, over-under wins. Super Bowl, you can make those bets and be entered to win weekly prizes and get some sweet bonuses too, just for signing up through the link down below. Do it. You're gonna like it. Okay. I'm telling you, make that deposit. Let me see what it is. Let's have a let's let's talk some football and get some future bets in there. So when we're looking now at this uh Brown's overall defense, how do you feel about it? I'm feeling a bit more confident. I'm feeling much more confident in the defensive tackle spot. I like that. It's still that edge and it's safety. The linebackers, I think it's just a, we're, we're they don't like linebackers. <laughs> they don't value linebackers, Andrew Barry. They just don't. Another encouraging bit. I hope, and this is the feeling I got coming out of this draft, that the Browns are now starting to follow more of the Philadelphia Eagles, who they're going to play in the preseason and have a joint practice with again uh, during the spring, is that they're using analytics as a tool, not the be-all end-all, which I don't care what that front office says they were doing. Anthony Schwartz, analytics pick. Those super light, thin defensive tackles, analytics pick. Okay, too much analytics. What have we been complaining about? But now you can still use it. No one ever said don't use analytics. It's part of the tools. You're an idiot if you don't. Bill Belichick was using analytics when he coached the Browns the first time in the early 90s before it was called analytics. But it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. That's why the Philadelphia Eagles have been so brilliant, in part, in their picks. Use it as a tool, not as the be-all, end-all. So what's encouraging to me is that Andrew Berry learned. They're not stubborn. What was wrong with the defensive line last year? Too thin, you got run over. So what'd they do? Tomlinson free agency, after missing on their first two, and Ica. The two big-body dudes, 700 almost combined pounds. Okay, so you got bigger, you got stronger, you got thicker. That's not an analytics pick straight up. Now, they have analytic traits, but not a pick. Wide receiver, huge development again. And I applaud the front office. If you're going to take a wide receiver, big, fast, strong, physical, can catch, hallelujah, win 50-50 balls. Polar opposite of Anthony Schwartz. Small, slight, zippy, can't catch the ball. So those two specifically really gave me some encouragement that the Browns front office and Andrew Barry are getting it. They're like, look, we can either die on our principles here, 
that have seen that they don't work or we can adapt and try something different while still bringing in all the analytics. It looks like they've done this. That gives me a lot of confidence, which I, I like. I'm feeling good. My grade for the Brown staff, no first, second round draft. So are we going to give it an A with no first, second round? You know, no, I wish they would have come away with a safety or a linebacker of some importance other than a backup quarterback. But I understand why, but you want that developmental funnel, fine. Um, so I'll give the Browns draft, I'll give it a B plus. I do like what they've done. Not an A, but I'll give it a B plus. What grade do you give the Browns draft? Leave in the comment section on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, at AndyMC Sports. Click subscribe. Don't miss anything here on the show. Throughout this offseason now, we're going to be going over roster, division breakdown, opponents once the schedule is released in May. lot of show still to come up, so make sure you tune in for that. Thanks to Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. Hey, the draft is over. The offseason continues. We will see you next time on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.